Um, I was thinking, you know, the three of us really cover a diverse uh, range of um, not characteristics, but groups in society. Mm. Married, not married, mm -hmm. um, children, not children, pregnant, grown. Yes, one already out of the nest for me. Um, yeah. Stepkids for me. Yeah. Step, yeah. And mainstream employment. Yeah, a little bit of that from me. A little bit of I've, that. I've quarantined that down to two days a week. So, uh, and I've been happier ever. The, m the more and more I quarantine, demographics. Uh, the happier I get. Demographics. Oh, that we represent three different demographics? Yes, we do. Not just three, but many. Many. Yeah. <clears throat> True. Um, age. A age groups. I'm at least a thousand years I'm old. I'm very young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've got an indigenous arm with my Samoan heritage. Yes. I was born in England, raised in Canada, lived in America, moved to Australia. Yeah. With Viking stock on one hand, one side, which my aunt reminded me of when they were visiting last week. She goes, you know, you're, it's Viking. It's all Viking. It's like, but Vikings were mean. <laughs> Oh no, Vikings, Vikings were awesome. Vikings very clever. They invented pillaging. Oh come on, they did more than just pillage. There was pillaging before that, wasn't there? They were yeah. awesome fur things, you know, that yeah, were kind they, of, they were Game fur, of Thronesy. Fur driven. Um, I, look, I've got Viking in there too. I'm, I'm all Irish and English and, um, and a bit of Danish in there and, uh, and Scottish. And you've got Irish, Samo, don't you half Irish? Yeah, dad, Dad's arm was from England. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think there was Irish. There was also Indian mm -hmm. back there. Indian as well. Really? Mm. You're exotic. Well, you are exotic because you have you do have the Euro thing, but you have the Samoan, and and when you channel, when I see you meditate, you do transform and you become. At times, you can become quite masculine. Sometimes you um, remind me of a Samoan. Prince, warrior. a warrior. Yeah, this warrior thing comes out in you. I've seen it so many times. Yeah, now. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. So, um, and then you all soften and become less Samoan. I don't know. So what am I saying? Yes, many people say that when I channel, I change form. Mm. In fact, most times when I channel publicly, people say, I, I saw a light coming in, I saw Mother Mary there, I saw um, auras around you. I mean, obviously, they're people who are in that field who are <laughs> attending so um, that's mostly the comments that I get which is really curious, great, very validating um, but of course I don't see it because I'm stepping out of the way yeah, yeah you're stepping mm. out of the way mm. yep. but let's talk about the light the light we, um, we, we touched upon this last time and then said ah, we'll have to talk more about it later <laughs> what is the light what does it mean what does it mean to, our, to each of our demographics <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Um, I remember um, as a little boy hearing about, you know, the light, and I had no idea what there was, but until I had my a, a mystical experience, and it was the first one that I am and that I am aware of, and I was taken by the light. I don't wasn't like physically picked up, but I was engulfed. Now, I I'd come home from the beach in the afternoon with my parents, and. Um, uh, some for some reason I decided to climb a ladder onto the roof of the house which was flat and um, I laid my towel down and lay in the sun and then the sun came down and engulfed me and I was gone and apparently I was gone for over an hour people were running around trying to find me and I was apparently just they just found me asleep on the roof of the house but where I was was um, in love. Uh, I was engulfed in love and this most tender voice said to me, everything will be okay. I was imbued with a confidence that no matter what happened in my life, everything was fine. I was looked after, I was protected and also provided for. And I came out of that with this incredible sense of um, fearlessness. And Were you course, going through a particularly tough time? No, I, I don't think I was. I just think that it knocked on my door and said, Oi, you know. Now's the time. Now's the time. Of course, my parents took it the wrong way. They thought I was being naughty. I was ignoring them. People calling out for me. I didn't hear a thing. And I got in trouble and I got sent to my room. Um, but you didn't care. But I didn't <laughs> care. I didn't care. I, 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 I met God. As far as I'm concerned, I met God when I was little. Great. So that was the light for me. And when things get bad, I can I can actually recall that experience. And my whole body is doing it now. It floods with this sense of connection. And and I've never lost that connection. So. Uh, that's the light for me, and I kind of get it when people talk about the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have two different things come to mind, and one is um, the first time I was exposed to that idea of the light was when I was um, doing Kabbalah um, training in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And the word light is used a lot for... Um, uh, I always think of the accent of the teacher um, when I think of it. He says, "Get the light, um, ask for the light." And what "ask for the light" means means ask for a sort of um, divine will to show you what to do. So it's all about noticing your reaction, which makes you, puts you in proaction rather than reaction, and then ask for the light in that in that moment. Sort of, I think it's give thanks. You give thanks for that obstacle that you just experienced because it's an opportunity to ask for. The light of grace, the light of um, divine intervention, even mm. in terms of I'm having this reaction or I want to have this reaction to this circumstance. Give me the light is is something you, that you ask God in terms of show me how I should respond or respond through me. Mm-hmm. That was the first one. And then the second one was, um, I mean, it's such a, a big subject now, but just in terms of my personal experience, it was the next The next thing was, um, maybe this was before it actually, I can't remember on the timeline, I was in an Edgar Casey study group that uh, I'd never meditated before. Mm. Well, I actually hadn't known that I'd been meditating before, mm. but I realized now that I had, but 
um, and we were just all sitting around and it was the very first one and what they said to do was just sit and empty your mind and just I don't even remember what the instruction was it was like we're all gonna meditate now and I didn't know no one had ever told me how to meditate so I just kind of did the basic try to empty my mind I tried to kind of open up a hole in the top of my head and just allow sort of a connection mm-hmm. and I don't know how much time passed. I think we meditated for about an hour and it felt like three minutes. But I had this experience, which I've since learned. Um, one, it, It's the Kundalini arising yes. thing. Yeah. It kind of freaked me out and I think mm. I might have shut it down because it was. It came from the very, very base of my spine and, and it, it went and, shooting up. But it would have hurt. It kind of hurt. It, was, it scared me actually because yeah, nobody hurts. told me what to expect. Yeah. And it felt like it kind of went up through the, my spine and out kind of through the back of my head or something and straight out and it was blinding blue and white it had all these colors it was it went from red all the way up through um kind of greens and blues to white yeah and just sort of shot out and yeah it really kind of freaked me out and I and I think I kind of opened my eyes and I was startled because I've read since then you know after your kundalini awakens and I, I don't think I'm a post kundalini awakened person <laughs> I don't you know I look at the description and I go mm, mm, not I sure, had right. my chance and I blew it <laughs> I freaked out <laughs> I jumped away from it I was like I'd like to try that again sometime so, yeah so like, for yeah, me yeah. Uh, the light my first experience that I remember was when my dad died and it was the very night of or the morning he died at two in the morning I think um, in hospital and I was at home babysitting my little brother and and nephew and uh, he came to me in this uh, darkness and he took me in his arms and took me into the light and I remember a flash of Jesus Mm-hmm. And I remember like a, a, an enveloping, you were loved, you were, I think I've talked about this before actually, um, because that's when I first became aware of the uh, Ho'oponopono. Um, <clears throat> oh, later I discovered it was Ho'oponopono, but it, he, Dad kept saying over and over, I'm sorry, I love you, um, please forgive me. Wow. Uh, yep. Thank you. And over and over and over and over. And I just remember crying, 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 crying and coming back to um, the room and still crying, like really sobbing because there was a lot of uh, unresolved stuff between us, a lot of violence and a lot of um, addiction on his part that really disconnected a beautiful relationship that we had when I was very young. So that was my first experience of the light. I was about 20 and then I went to study psychology and I based my major study on near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences because that was the only scientific avenue I could find that described what I experienced. I was all the time searching for what was that Mm. and I looked to science and uh, the overwhelming evidence is that it's very very real and all of us have that have similarities all of us who have had um, near-death experiences or interactions with the light experience that tunnel or experience that overwhelming message of you are loved and you are forgiven and you are 
precious and you're loved and yes. over and over. Yeah, and that's the, always the same message with the light. There's no judgment in it. Mm. And it is love. Mm. And it's loving. And in that moment, our normal fears and expectations and barriers and everything like that um, are they're just so non-existent that even if you are aware that they exist in your normal life, they're they're amusing. They're amusing little trifles. Then you kind of you kind of lovingly accept the fact that um, that it's 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 amusing that we believe in any of these things. That we believe in any of this. That we believe in darkness at all at any point in our lives. Oh yes. Well, so what you're saying is that with so much light happening, how can we even think other than how can we think outside of that light? Well, in that moment when you feel that, you know that the, all there is is the love and the light. And that everything else is is just a story that we've bought into, mm. and we just kind of well the, the experience that I felt is just like you feel you don't berate yourself, you don't feel embarrassed that you believe in you know that walking around in your life most of the time when you're not engulfed in this beautiful sense of loving light that you buy into those limitations and darkness and so on. You just kind of chuckle and laugh and feel. The way you would with a little child that's having a tantrum. Yeah, when, when you're in that state, you think, how could I possibly be have ever thought anything other than yes. that state? And then well, we fall yeah, back into it Yeah, to me, it didn't it even come up. It was yeah. just like, this is, this is oneness. Mm. Yeah. But when you come back to an, an engagement with life again, you find yourself caught up in the illusions again. Yeah. But yeah. you can remember that oneness. Yeah, that oneness, it's that unity experience. You know, it's definitely what I had when I was that little boy being... I mean, I, this, the sun actually came down from the sky. I mean, it's starting to sound like a E.T. experience, I know. Um, and, and I'm not sure if I want to go down that pathway in this conversation <laughs> at this point, because look at the time. 46 seconds left. So, um, but um, also the Kundalini experience too. When you can get that energy past your sacrum and it hurts, mm. then it goes up your spine and it hits you in the head and your head fills with light and you get unity experience again. So yeah, I can definitely recommend it, but you but it hurts your, your sacrum as it comes up. And yeah. it... Uh, it doesn't always hurt. Yeah, right. actually, to tell you the truth, it didn't hurt. It was overwhelming. I felt myself right. going, <gasps> and then yeah, and you thought and you were I, going to pop. It just kept getting bigger and bigger and stronger, and I was watching it. And then when it was shooting out of my head, then I got scared. Yeah. I just I went because uh, I didn't uh, know what it was when it was happening. Any wonder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible, but. It's kind of scary to my little not knowing what the heck I was doing self. I know. There you go, you know, dabbling Someone with the light. Someone should have warned me what can happen when you meditate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, okay, let's pass and over. We, we, we let's need pass to, over to the other side. We need to do that. See you that. guys on the other side. Okay, see you there, folks. <laughs>